This is Effie, and you're listening to the Demon Road Diaries, the only podcast where the coda, that's right, Ronnie Rios, Caden Green, are taking you down the rabbit hole and interviewing people in wrestling that they actually like with a uh, sprinkle of demon shit. Every Wednesday, will you be here? You know I will. All right, welcome to Demon Road Diaries. It's the news, and we just fucked shit up earlier. Uh, we introduced ourselves in the goddamn interview. Why? Because fuck your rules. This is our America. We can do what we fucking want in our America. So we are jumping into the news, cold fucking turkey, unintroed uninterrupted, uncensored, uncircumcised, un-whatever else I can think of. I'm um, pretty sure this is a Jewish podcast. It is, yeah. We're circumcised here. Okay, well, you uh, are. Except for me, because I don't have the equipment for that. I don't know why I said that. Um, we're mostly Satan here on this podcast. Yeah, we fuck with the devil here, so... Uh... We, we we do we do fuck with the devil. Uh, earlier, Caden was sacrificing a goat to try to ward off uh, any further hurricanes forming in the Atlantic. It's true. It's true. Uh, I got very wet doing that. So it just the the, the blood just kind of goes. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And then plus it was raining too, so it was like I don't know. Whatever. Sure. I threw the corpse in the neighbor's yard. That's what she gets for reporting me to the fucking. Um, homeowners association. Fucking rude. Bitch. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, in the news, uh, or wait, do we have any house cleaning, uh, housekeeping we need to do? Do we say anything weird last week that we fucked up on? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I could always just ask my husband, who's our show's biggest fan. Really, it's true. Um, that's, that's why we put them on the pod, so I'll shut up about them. Heard. Um, so, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, so we have uh, this new thing. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you listen to the podcast through Apple and you give us a five-star review and you take a screenshot of it and you send it to either me, Rios, or Chelsea and we pick you throughout the week, you're going to win uh, some Demon Road Diary stickers that we just got in and uh, some bracelets. So if you want to do that, that'd be cool. Um, you know, get some free swag from us. Uh, so let's start. Let's talk about the, the what do you want to talk about? The pay-per-view first? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, there was a pay-per-view located suspiciously close to SummerSlam. Last night on the WWE network. Um, so payback, payback was last night. Um, there was quite a bit of action. Um, I think my favorite match was um, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Personally, I think that was like my my favorite match. Um, I mean. I love everything with Keith Lee in it just because, like, not just his ridiculous athletic ability, but, like, 
the subtlety in his facial expressions is just like, it's like high level theater for me. Oh. And it's really cool just to watch the, like how soft spoken and eloquent he is with the spoken word. And you can just, you can feel like what's going on in his head just by watching, you know, the subtle movements of his face. And I'm just like, Ugh, my 11th grade acting teacher would love you. I feel like um, once he got moved up to the main roster, they were like, Keith, we like what you're doing, but can you please William Shatner your promos a little bit? Because I've noticed that like they're slowed down and gapped out a little more. And he's like, you attacked my friend, Drew McIntyre. So you are going to... Fight me this week. But I like mean, I still love him. I still love him. I just feel like they shattered his promos. I'll shatter the hell out of every single promo I do. Do it. Do it. Just you give it. Now, Dramatic effect. How do we feel about the shirted Kizwe? I don't really like the... I don't... I think... So I think wearing those tight-fitting shirts make people who are bigger people look bigger. I think if Keith Lee just stayed without a shirt on, he would look better than those shirt than he would in that shirt. It's I thought he looked very good, very comfortable just in the bikers. Um mm. but he did say something recently on Twitter um that resonated with me just about like the change in the look, the change in the in the entrance theme. And he said, I don't have control over those things about me right now. And guys, guys, it's all just water under the bridge. You know, let's, the important thing is that I'm there and that I'm able to do these things on, on the main roster now. And we'll, you know, we'll address this later. And just how, like, he, he just kind of, like, dad moded the entire internet like uproar about like oh they changed him they're already they're already messing with him and stuff and he was like we'll discuss it later that's not what's important and i appreciate all of your love and support for me and everybody was just like like twitter collectively was just like you know what he's right he's so wholesome he is he just he just Dadded the entire wrestling Twitter. Um, also, like his gear or like his entrance gear, was that Black Panther themed? Because I feel like it kind of was. Um, it was more. It kind of looked more like cyberpunkish. It was like you got the you got the lines that connect to the open circles that connect to other lines. I don't know. I got I got a mild Black Panther vibe, and uh, I like it. Um, speaking of yeah. mild Black Panther vibe, um, oh god, uh, Bobby Lashley uh, beat uh, Apollo Cruz for the U.S. title. Is that the right title? It, it is. It's the right title. Yeah, um, and I say Black Panther vibes um, because at the end of the match. Uh, the whole group group of uh, hurt business did the the Wakanda forever, and uh, and that was kind of cool of them. I mean, I know that's like 
recently we lost uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, also known as Black Panther. You okay over there, I was just like, I was just watching when they when they did Wakanda Forever because there was like a hilarious moment where um, as soon as uh, Lashley won, MVP goes and grabs the photographer and like drags him to ringside by force and hops up in so him and Shelton Benjamin and Lashley could like all pose. And then they did the Wakanda Forever and I'm sitting on my couch like... You guys are supposed to be, you guys are heels, but like, that was so fucking beautiful, and it really, really was, and now I'm gonna tear up again about it, because I'm, ah, kind of forever. Um, to answer your question, yes, I'm fine, it's just this fat burner I take is really disgusting. <laughs> you gave him this face like, you're saying something racial, Starin. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not. At all, thank you, Vermoosh. Yeah, no, my my my. You're saying something racist. Face is that GIF of Bob Sapp when he wins the video game, and he like he throws up his arms and he's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> um. So yeah, that match. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really care for the that Bobby Lashley match, but I mean, it's whatever. I like their gear. All of them like. Everyone in her business came in with like that black and gold, and it was very, very. Oh yeah, um, they came in ready to stunt. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, uh, skip. I'll skip the matches I don't want to talk about um, because you know, uh, sucky or shitty but, people. But um, let's talk about that finish though. To the women's tag team title match, fucking Shayna Baszler finally being allowed to be fucking Shayna Baszler. <laughs> yeah, that like double person submission, and then she used Bailey's arm or no, used Sasha's arm to Sasha's finish arm. the choke on Bailey, and then Bailey's the one that tapped. I was like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really fun to watch. Um, what else was fun was the post-match in-ring interview where I don't even remember like what question it was. It was just like, how does it feel or whatever? But like Nia Jax just like stuck her head in front of the microphone and she was like, who cares? We won. And then her and her and Basil were just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I like the, uh, I love the Paul Rudd on hot ones energy between the two of them where it's yeah, like, yeah. Who would have thought? The two of us. Not me. (laughs) Um, But that was a fun match. I would say if it wasn't for the Randy Orton-Keith Lee match, that probably would have been my favorite match of the night. Yeah. Um, But other than that, pretty lackluster pay-per-view. Obviously, we got to talk about the thing, the thing that happened with the big dog. The big dog. Uh, Roman Reigns um, turning more heel than I thought they were going to like I was surprised that they turned him heel and then now that he's heel they're like well he's got to be a shitbag heel and uh, like they've turned him into like full blown MJF where he's like I don't want to leave my locker room and I'm only going to sign the con by the way I was watching that match with Chelsea like over Skype basically and I was just like 
I we both were just like, this is bullshit. You can't sign the contract for a match in the middle of the match is happening. The match is like clearly like four fifths over. And is- and you just like appear on the stage and sign the like what? You, you can't do that. But yeah, like this- he's Paul Heyman clause where you can do whatever the fuck you want because you're aligned with Paul Heyman and he makes shit happen. So he appears on the stage and he's like, well, now that they've broken the ring, I'm going to do Roman Reigns things. Uh, And I just, I liked the exasperation on his face. He's like, well, I'm just going to pin Bray Wyatt because he's the champion. The fuck? Let me just try that again and just another kick out. And he's like, let me go to the other guy. And just the like, him just doing like, the absolute unmitigated gall of these motherfuckers for kicking out. Sorry, I just William Shattered again. But my favorite part, the whole thing, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I, I, I saw this and it was fantastic. I think you did, Rios. Uh, the Charles Robinson bump. Oh, oh yeah, we basically just I'm... fell out of the damn ring. Charles Robinson's a better worker than I am. That's all I can say. He, he always has been, and he always will be a better worker than, like, most of the people I've ever seen. Um, I do appreciate, if this continues, this uh, Roman Reigns uh, being, like, the... Um, like the uh, the uh, old old vet working the southern like the old like like he's he's getting the run where it's like you're that guy who made it to WWE and now you're working the southern territories and uh, the agreement is like I'm gonna come in I'm gonna hit my finish I'm gonna win your top belt and I'm gonna leave like that's it like that's all he's doing. <laughs> I just like he's the done. whole the whole contract thing like. Is that just money in the bank at this point? Like, shouldn't you have like got a goddamn money in the bank briefcase if you're gonna pull a money in the well, bank? I guess it's it? it's different because it's money in the bank. You could cash in whenever. Like, there didn't have to already be a match happening. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think we compare it to money in the bank because it's almost exactly like how Seth cashed in his money in the bank. Yeah, but that was actually like a, a, a almost novel way that he did it, where no one had ever inserted themselves into a match before. The idea of the money in the bank was that you created the match whenever you wanted. So I don't think Roman Reigns is just walking around. Like, Paul Heyman doesn't have a stack of contracts in a briefcase being like, hold on, let me find it. Uh, yeah, here's your Drew McIntyre WWE title match can happen whenever, sign that. You know, it's it was the idea that he was specifically booked for this match and he just chose not to sign the contract until the last exact minute. Yeah. And, like, he could do that. Like, he had the privilege to wait that long because I guess Heyman wrote a really good contract for him. Heard. Um, so, yeah, that was the whole pay-per-view all in all. Um, yeah. Uh, what and- else do we want to touch on? Uh, there's an AEW pay-per-view this weekend. Should be, should be a thing. Yeah. And all out. All out. Um, 
Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the John Moxley versus MJF match. Yeah. Um, other couple good things on there, but mainly I would think we want to talk about the the AEW World Champion John Moxley being number one on the PWI uh, 500 ranking. Um, which is this is the first list they've done where it is both uh, women and men competitors. Sometimes, usually, they did the top fifty female competitors as a separate list, but this year it's every, everybody's everybody's in the pool at the same time. And and uh, I don't have any arguments with John being number one. Does anyone have any counter arguments? No, I I want to say okay, I could be wrong, but. I want to say that means that every member of the Shield has been number one on the PWI and yep. a Grand Slam champion. Yep. Which is cool. You, you literally could not be booked more strongly. <laughs> I just they want... Strong! I think I the only Aaron thing Nova, that was... What? I want Aaron Nova to book us as strong as WWE and PWI book the Shield. That's all I'm saying. Book us uh, strong. Okay, we're even showing up, brother. I think I think the only accolade missing between the three of them was Roman never won a money in, or hasn't yet. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't need to because Heyman can pull him out whenever he wants. Um, uh, Roman's never won a money in the bank. And Dean never won a Royal Rumble. I think that was the only things left. Everything else they've done. Just like, I mean, you remember when they came in and it was like, uh, we found this camera on the ground and we're cutting promos. I remember being like, wow, they're just going to burn these guys. Four months. That's all I'm giving them. Four fucking months. And boy, was I right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's... It's wild. I mean, I, I I do think it's interesting. Like, I hear Dave Meltzer complain about this a lot. Like, WWE doesn't make stars anymore. And I'm like, I don't think they make stars at the frequency that I think we would want. Be considering when you think of, like, or it's like you think of, like, everybody from the hulkamania era and everybody from the attitude era even like the lowest card people of those eras are like known like famous people like you know people mark like i i joke that like you know i can meet i don't know whoever the top guy like i could meet luchasaurus or i could meet fucking i don't know i can meet drew mcintyre and i would probably be like oh that's cool hey nice to meet you man yeah but if Blue Meanie's in my grocery store, or if if you know Kyantai is in my throat in my in my IKEA or something, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I think conversely, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, yeah, it'd be cool to meet so and so, but like like you know, oh, I'm gonna meet fucking I don't know King Corbin or whatever. Like, all right, that's cool, or yeah. Matt Riddle, and but. Then they meet fucking, you know, Brutus the Barber fucking Beefcake. And it's just like, ah! Well, and that's even easier now to do. I mean, well, at least like the last couple of years, because it would be like, you know, you would go to a Comic-Con 
and it would be like, oh man, I can't wait to meet the guy who like drew whatever. And then like you just walk by Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and he's like, hey man, you like wrestling? I got these scissors. You want me to sign a T-shirt? Fifty bucks. And you're like, what the fuck? That's Brutus. When I used to work for Supercon, I in like guest relations. Uh, I worked I work for uh, for fucking. Ah. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and him and his wife were really nice to me. Yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah. an anecdote. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not talking any mess on them. It's just like, I think the thing is, it's like, I don't think WWE's not making stars. You can't look at the Shield and not tell me they're not stars. Like, yeah. those are the three most pushed motherfuckers I've ever seen. I think it's just, yeah, it's like, if I pulled up the roster right now, it's like, or like, if I pull up, like, let's say I pulled up the 2015 roster. From WWE, aside from the Shield, like and maybe like a couple other randos like Brock Lesnar or like John Cena or like fucking I don't know like I don't know like fucking Sheamus maybe like is there anybody on that roster that invokes an emotional response from someone? You know, uh, New Day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that there you go. That's like. You can't say WWE is not making stars. I think it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just that, like, it never, I don't, I, it just never, I, I think that's what people are complaining about is that it's never as, like, uh, it's like all encompassing, like, oh my God, like, you know, yeah. like, I'd lose my shit over meeting Midian probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have some some friends that actually made the uh, PWI 500 this year. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, no, we we have a lot of friends that in the wrestling business, and quite a few of them tend to make it every year, which is great for them, and we're very proud of them. Um, you want to kind of run through the list of who, uh, who did that? Um, well, just people we know personally... And a couple of people I've notated specifically, previous guests on our show, include uh, Nick Iggy and Kerry Offal of the Carnies. Um, we've got Cheeseburger of Ring of Honor fame. Yeah. And uh, most recently, we have Willow Nightingale, uh, the very lovely and wonderful Willow Nightingale. Um, including those are people we've, we've either shared the ring with, shared locker rooms with, and just people we think are, are just darn swell. Um, we got Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike of the Gymnasty Boys. We got uh, Max the Impaler, King of Dayton. Don't forget it. Uh, we got uh, Willow Nightingale's tag partner, Solo Darling. Um, we also got Jamie Senegal, Joe Gacy, Trish Adora. Uh, two guys I'm really proud to see make the list because they're from my class. Two guys I trained with, um, Troy Hollywood. And uh, either Kodo Brazil or Snoop Strikes, whatever you want to go by. He prefers Snoop. Um, um, and, of course, we have, you know, the daddy of all daddies, Effie. Mm-hmm. Um, Our biological father. Yep. And my trainer. Uh, I think it's not surprising. Uh, Jay Lethal is also on the list. So it's, it's, it's cool to see. And there's other people... You know that I I know for like offhand on that list, and it's just it's really cool to just see so many people I consider my peers or people I've gotten to like work with or 
train with and just to feel like, you know, at least for me personally, it's just like wrestling has never been about like, I got to make this amount of money or I got to have this make this, I got to win this belt or I got to work at this place. Like, it's good to have goals. Like, I certainly have goals, but it's just nice to feel like, oh, I'm a part of this. Like, you know, you feel connected when you see a list like that where it's so many people you know, it's like, okay, maybe I'm on the right path. Like, I am actually like, plugged into this bullshit <laughs> yeah um a lot of people are a little salty that they didn't make the list and um we ca- came to fi- find out that uh you actually have to apply for the list unless you are like real hot yeah. yeah so like if you're salty um out there that you know they didn't think of you probably because you didn't apply you know, like my mom always says, apply yourself and maybe you'll achieve something. I don't think she probably didn't say that. But yeah. Um, but with that being said uh, about uh, not applying yourself, I uh, hit 13 years straight not on the PWI. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been on the PWI 500 my whole goddamn life. Well... Uh, I was in the NASCAR 500, and that's all that matters. The fucking Tom Petty 500. Amen, hallelujah. That is the only 500 that we recognize here on Demon Road Diaries. Uh, for for the uninitiated, um, Caden and I specifically have not been able to stop imitating the um, Disney Pixar southern accent of the guy who replaced our rental car tire last week um because it's just so downright wholesome and we probably spent i want to say a good hour and a half um speaking in just down home southerner uh about like internet conspiracy theories and um, (laughs) that's how you know that we hadn't we didn't get a lot of sleep so um i know we don't normally Uh, talk about other pods on the pod but i found this new pod if you like conspiracy theories and uh you are either uh raised in like a african-american community or you're an african-american person uh there's this new podcast i think it's got four episodes out right now it's called my mama told me and it's like essentially african-american um conspiracy theories one of which was um uh, what was it? Sierra and Usher being intersex. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I vividly remember. I, this I think Sierra. That's true. No, none of them. Neither of them were true. Neither of them true. I could have swore I saw like an actual news piece about Sierra. It coming out that she was intersex. No, so like she was like seventeen at the time. When, like, this whole news story broke. And this was back when we didn't say intersex. Um, and um, she she's just a girl with big shoulders and abs. And everyone was like, oh, she's, she's intersex. And she went on Oprah. And Oprah uh, was like, hey, girl, so you, uh, you got both parts? 
She's like, no, I'm fucking 17. And, or like some show, maybe it wasn't Oprah. Who, it probably was Oprah. I don't know. Fuck Oprah. Anyway. I mean, based uh, on your impression, that sounded like a Wendy Williams interview. <laughs> well, very well could have been. But she was like, she's like, no, and I'm fucking 17. So stop like talking about my business. Yeah. But yeah. So if you're into like, it's really funny. It's really, it's worth a listen. So if you're looking for new podcasts, after this one, I highly recommend checking out My Mama Told Me. It's on, like, all the fucking podcasts. I, that's wild. I could have... I think I've gone this entire time thinking that the Sierra one was, like, there was a... I mean, I didn't give a shit. It was just one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, I guess she she's, you know, working with different parts. But, like, I didn't care. <laughs> so now the more you know. I've heard the name Sierra in, like... 47 years and i'm only 28 yeah well i mean she did die like 15 years ago so wait, wait she, she did isn't sierra dead she is new conspiracy theory hold on i gotta google no. this Aaliyah is dead yeah Aaliyah's dead are you thinking of Aaliyah? well i know Aaliyah's dead but i thought sierra died too i could yeah. very well be wrong American singer let's see here uh, born in 1985. Nope, she's alive. She's 34 years old. Yeah, she's not dead. What the fuck, Caden? Wait, she was she was with Future. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, so the title of the episode is Caden thinks everyone's dead. No, the title um, of the episode is Sierra is not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was the girl that blew up on that goodies song. And I think that was I think that's oh, why like her. oh god, that was like really popular yeah. on the bus in middle school. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's where that rumor came from because I think everyone immediately interpreted goodies as like it was an innuendo, like I've got more than you think I got. <laughs> you know, I'm working <laughs> And um, like, so a girl is singing a song called "My Goodies," and people are like, "That means she's got a dick." <laughs> That's I swear this rumor was created on the back of a school bus it at, was. at a middle school. Like they they were saying like the one about Usher. People were like, "They're just mad that their that, well, that their girlfriends like Usher and can dance the better Usher than them." One, They're I've mad never, that he's. I've never heard that Usher one. Like the Sierra one, I remembered to the point where I actually thought there was some truth to it. Um, but uh, oh, that's right. Oh fuck, that's right. She's married to Russell Wilson. She is. Yeah, that's the whole. Oh, I remember this now. Okay, so there's a so she has three, three kids with. I okay. I always knew that Russell Wilson was married to the woman who had Future's children because she had three. Uh, Future has three kids. And Russell Wilson's basically raising them. And um, I didn't know it was Sierra. So, well, yeah. So not only was she with Future, she was, she's now with fucking Russell Wilson. And no, was- he, he's the stepfather to one of her children. Because Sierra had one child oh. with Future. The other two are with are his- Russell Wilson. Okay, it's talking about awesome wrestle news here. Uh, this is awesome wrestle news. This is this is the mania program, brother. Will's Russell Wilson versus Future. 
Custody of the child. We're having that ladder match, brother. (laughs) It's a child on a pole match. Um, I I just want to mention that future son's name is Future Zahir. That's a dope name. That's dope. As in the future is Zahir. Um, Side note, if they had booked Eddie versus Ray for Dominic in WCW, would Dominic have been on a pole? Yes. I fully believe that Dominic would have been dangling from a pole in like some sort of harness. Hold on. And you would actually have to physically grab the child. I was thinking he'd be in a shark cage and winter, they drop the shark cage and the winner gets it. It's Vince Russo. It's got to be fucking on a pole. It's got to be on a pole. It's like a dog on a stick. He's like, yeah, man, you can put basically any meat on a stick if you try hard enough. Hold on, hold on. I gotta figure out exactly how old Dominic Mysterio is. He's 24, I think. No, he's 20. Oh, holy shit! I had no idea. Dominic Mysterio and I have the same birthday. Oh, twinning or something. I mean, I'm I'm six years older than him, but yeah, we have the same birthday. Um, he's 23, so that means fuck. He was born in '97. So he was like a baby when Eddie and Ray had that Halloween Havoc match. So imagine that Halloween Havoc match, but there's an infant hanging from a pole. <laughs> well, the stakes just got... Upgrades, <laughs> baby. Upgrades. <laughs> I, God, I don't, I don't know about this news segment, guys. I think this is the best That's news segment we've ever done. We learned things about Sierra... <laughs> We uh, we booked uh, Future versus Russell Wilson. We rebooked Halloween Havoc, made it better, and it turned out I got a birthday, buddy. So <laughs> I feel bad for whoever dates you, Dominic. You're an Aries, and you you don't finish anything, and you're real hot headed. <laughs> how it goes. Uh, All right. So before yeah, we go, you know, the zodiacs. I, so- I just, I- before we go down the hole of another tin hat conspiracy, let's slide right into the interview with freelance owner, pro wrestler, uh, Vader Stan, Vader Stan, and purple headed dude, our buddy Matt Nix. Before we jump into the interview, let me let me tell you about the thing I love to tell you about. La Barba Cubano. It's better beard care for your beard or a beard you love. La Barba Cubano recently put out a brand new scent called Cafe Pumpkin, and it kind of smells like a pumpkin spice latte. It doesn't make you basic for having it because it smells absolutely great. You can get it in beard oil, or bomb. There's quite a few other incredible scents on the site. So head to their Etsy page or head to their Instagram, search for La Barba Cubano. And once you're done filling your basket up, use the promo code Demon Daddies to save yourself 13% out checkout. It's La Barba Cubano. It's better beard care for your beard or a beard you love. And welcome to Demon Road Diaries. This is episode 26. Yep. 
26, and we are back at it again, not missing a week, not missing a beat, because that's just how we do it. Consistency is fucking key here at Demon Road Diaries. Uh, let's let's tell them who we are, guys, as if they don't already know. It's me, it's me, that sweet Katie G. I'm your Music City Messiah, Caden Green. I am your bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I am ever searching for purpose in this life, Chelsea Dirt. And we have a special guest with us today. Um, a guy, I've, I've, I, got to, I got to punch him in the face. And that always means something to me, to bring on people that we have punched in the face. Uh, you may have seen him all over the... Uh, all over the wrestle world. Uh, you may have seen him uh, at Freelance or Fest or God knows probably 750 billion other wrestling places. Um, he's got purple hair and he don't care. We got Matt Nix on the pod today. Matt, what is up? Hello, hello. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's the purple poppy and I'm here, and I'm I'm ready to talk uh, about myself, I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what we're here for. Because uh, here at Demon Road Diaries, we like to say that Matt Nix was just in the nick of time. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Oh, now you're now you're trying <laughs> to get kicked out of your own apartment. <laughs> I'm running jokes that often um they ask me to leave they know that i am in my own home but they ask me to leave and uh i know where the door is so i'm just gonna excuse <laughs> uh matt um so glad we could get this together uh, it took a couple tries but uh here we are <laughs> making dreams come true um yeah man real pleasure uh to have you on it's it's always great when we can actually have people on the show that we've we've been in the ring with and um, are doing really cool stuff. Like you are not just an accomplished wrestler in your own right. Uh, you know, you actually got to compete on AEW against Cody Rhodes um, and share the ring with a lot of really great talent. Uh, you're probably one of the more successful independent wrestling promoters going right now. I mean, I mean of what's left of independent wrestling in the current <laughs> state um, before, you know, before the Fire Nation invaded. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, running freelance up in Chicago, um, a promotion that is, uh, you know, up until when shit hit the fan, was thriving and really putting on some great stuff. And I'm sure we'll continue to thrive when things are back to normal. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but um, I really want to know kind of where you got your start, man, because, like, um, I've been following you on Instagram for a while now, and you will post, like, highlight reels of some of your older stuff. And he was like, damn, he's been at this for a while. And uh, so I'm just wondering kind of where you got your start and like what brought you into the crazy world of professional wrestling? Um, well, I guess you could say my origin story uh, kind of began uh, when I was in, I want to say like junior high school. And uh, like me and a bunch of my buddies kind of got together and we started doing like backyard wrestling shows mm -hmm. and uh like most wrestlers 
uh, especially in today's today's independent scene. I honestly, uh, it, it's weird because I feel out of place almost because I never did backyard wrestling. Like the thought really? never even crossed my mind. I was like, because no, I watched like the backyard wrestling episode of True Life on MTV, and I was like, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers are crazy, not doing that shit. <laughs> like wrestled on the ground in a backyard as as a child but uh we didn't try to get i've ruined many a noche buena doing that with my cousins but you know that's neither here nor there it wasn't a draw (laughs) (laughs) okay so you you started you started in backyard so what what kind of drew you there well it, it was one of those things too like uh I think a lot of people's like preconception of backyard wrestling is like the first thought of it is just like people jumping off their roofs, beating each other with like flaming weapons and barbed wire and stuff. And that's true. Like the, a lot of the early backyard wrestling stuff was definitely inspired by like ECW stuff. And when, when we were coming up and like wrestling, the, the cool wrestling that was around was like ring of honor. So we, we were doing backyard wrestling, but like trying to emulate like Brian Danielson, low key, uh, Christopher Daniels, like a lot of those guys, the Briscoe brothers. And so like our, our backyard wrestling era was more of like, we were just trying to like be work weight, work rate wrestlers, air quotes, uh, in a backyard setting. But, uh, but no, like I, we did that for like years and, not until I graduated high school when I was 18, I went, uh, I, I basically, there was a, a internet forum for like, like Chicago pro wrestling. I think it's probably still around. It's a very toxic environment, uh, much like most places on the internet. But they, yeah. <laughs> we posted on there just kind of like, hey, like thinking about starting uh, like wrestling school, like where's a good place to go? And everybody was kind of, uh, you know, posting like, oh, there's this school, this school, this school. And some guy just like hits me up on in like the the direct messages on there. And he's just like, hey, if you're serious about training, give me a call. So I'm like, sure, why not? So I call this guy and he's like, yeah, come to this place. He gives me the address and me and a bunch of my guys like Chris Caro, Craig Mitchell, uh, Sutra, Alex Olson, we all just pile into a minivan and we drive up to the north 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 of where we lived part of chicago and uh we the address that takes us there is just like like uh it's like where trucks go to like just like drop off their their loads and it's kind of like a yeah like a like a bunch of warehouses and just like just trucks that are parked there and we drive all the way to the back and there's this guy just standing there and he's kind of like like oh are you are you nick and we're like, yeah, like, oh, we're for sure going to get killed right now. Jesus. And he's like, OK, follow me. And he starts walking up these steps into like this warehouse. And we're all just like, uh, should we follow this guy? And we so we do. We follow him and we go up the stairs and inside this warehouse. And then we hear a very familiar sound of, of a ring with people bumping in it. And that's when we met our trainer uh, who goes by the name of Superstar Steve Boz, who many people may not know. But he, uh, in the Midwest, especially in Chicago, he was kind of like a, a big name guy and uh, came up in like Windy City and stuff. But I, I'm going too, way too deep into history there. But 
but yeah, though, no, that was like 2009. Uh, brother, if there is a place to get nerdy about pro wrestling, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me them details. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's where, I mean, that's where we trained. Uh, the, the funny fact is uh, my first day of uh, wrestling practice was uh, on my 19th birthday. So I, I think that was pretty cool. Like, a nice little starting point for me. And um, we had a lot of cool people pop in for training uh, to help us train. Like, uh, oh, God, what is his wrestling name now? Uh, Mecha Wolf, Mr. 450. He was... Uh, one of the guys that would come up a lot because he was living in Chicago at the time. And uh, Eva Lise was also there. Uh, Samurai Del Sol or Kalisto now on WWE. He, he helped train us a little bit too. And so we had a lot of good uh, different people, different styles uh, kind of teaching us. Uh, and, and even uh, Isaiah Velasquez, who is like one of the cornerstones of freelance, was one of, the, one of those guys that was there uh, just trying to help us get better. And now he's one of the head trainers for the Freelance Wrestling Academy. So that's cool. You guys were able to get uh, a lot of different influences there. And uh, I love your sketchy warehouse origin story because I feel like 99% of wrestling schools the world over are in sketchy looking warehouses because that's just, <laughs> that's wrestling, man, especially indie wrestling. It's definitely our, our aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, Even, that's definitely how I felt about, like, where I started to train. Because, like, my the warehouse that my school was in wasn't, like, sketchy. But it was definitely, like, you know, it was, it, like, it was, like, the difference between, like, the Warzone intro versus, like, the Tony Hawk warehouse level in Pro Skater. You know, it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's still a warehouse, but it's, like, charming and fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is a certain charm to uh, the industrial districts of every city ever, which probably <laughs> has a wrestling school in it somewhere. Follow <laughs> the sound of bodies on boards. Oh man, but uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was pretty much the the start, and then from there on, like we, you know, we would practice. We only we were only able like to practice once a week, but we made the most of our time. Like we would be there from like six o'clock in the afternoon to like after midnight some 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 weeks and it was awesome i missed those days it was a simpler time yeah i definitely like i got into like a really good rhythm at one point because like my school we did training like at least two if not three days a week there was like full class with like our trainer and everything and i was working like an early morning job at the time so it's like I look back on that time in my life and I'm like, how the fuck did I do this? Because I would get up at like 6 a.m., go to a farmer's market and buy the vegetables for like an entire restaurant for the day and like go set up, build this, open this restaurant by myself, work until about 3 p.m., go home, take like a quick shower, eat something, drive, drive over the bridge to the other city where my school was and then wrestle for like three hours, three, four hours go home, maybe work out, and then go to sleep. And then do it all again the next day. The fucking dream. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but I remember, like you said, you look back on that, it's like, yeah, that was just like nice, simple times where it's just, yeah. it had your, your routine and you were just like, you felt like you were doing something. Yeah, I, I do kind of miss that. Like having having a routine, like you said, is, is very uh, comforting. And especially like in now during COVID times, it's like 
it, it at first it was very like weird and like everything was kind of like thrown out of whack but i feel like everybody's kind of fallen into their their new routines as, as far as like what they you know what they can and can't do and and it 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 still feels weird, but like it's like a normal weird, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm just waiting for the new normal," and I'm like, "No, nah, it's just the new weird." <laughs> it's just the new weird. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But uh, so then, okay. So what I I want to talk about then, because I, I it's been fun to see the evolution of your character. Like I said, seeing those old clips. And then coming into like the full blown purple sex god that is Matt Nix now. Um, sex so, what I've noticed is a common pattern of just music being like a big thing about not just your character, but just who you are as a person. Um, so, like, how much of that, like, because I definitely feel the same way that music has a big influence on how you portray yourself. So, like, what made you bring that? to your persona and is that a reflection of like any kind of like have you been in bands are you a musician or is it just something you're passionate about um it's so funny you say that because like if there was any if there was ever one thing that i'm passionate about more than wrestling and it, it's music and uh it's it's funny i've i've technically never been in a band uh and i say technically because uh, when I was in high school, I formed we formed a makeshift band to do like the talent show at our high school, and we all we did was learn how to play uh, "Sweet Child of Mine," and that was it. <laughs> Matt Nix, you were like a bone. You were like you were you were two tropes away from a Boy Meets World episode at this point. <laughs> oh God, what's what am, what am I missing now? Because I probably could fill in those blanks. Um, did you did you marry your next door neighbor and were you and did your family adopt your best friend? I mean, <laughs> that's basically all you're missing. Yeah, the adoption you, you thing know. was close. <laughs> uh, so I'm missing. So so you worked Vader at some point is what you're telling me. Uh, I almost did actually. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, right there we're on the cusp right of a really good coming of age story. Yeah, damn. I would okay. So complete sidebar. I need to hear that story. Um, how did you almost work Vader? Oh man. Oh, this is this is actually a really good story. Um, I God, I can't remember the name of the company. They they like they were one of you know those companies that pop up when they're just like, you're like, how did these? I've never heard of this company before, and for some reason they're bringing in like, they had they had Bret Hart, Lita. They're doing uh, autograph signings. They weren't like on the show, but they had like Vader was on the show. Um, Shane Douglas was on that show. Rhino was there. I, I, I wrestled. We know all about pop up promotions. Oh yeah, it was like one of those. And like they were, I think they were originally from like Ohio, but they were running in Chicago, and I somehow was able to weasel my way on, and. Vader was there and they were like they were like oh we need someone to we need someone to get squashed by Vader and I was just like I'll do it with my hand up I was like please <laughs> um but then they they uh they had they they were like oh we got we have something else for you so I was like I didn't get to work with Vader but so that that 
day or whatever that that whole what that show was uh was actually the day that roddy piper died and mm-hmm. it was like really because like we found out like in the locker room because like uh what's his face um who was it i think it was uh shane douglas like walk he like he like gathered everybody in the locker room and he's like guys just want to let you know roddy piper died and he just said it like just like that and everyone's like holy shit so they they were like oh we're gonna we're gonna do like a 10 bell salute at the beginning of the show and mind you this building like these there was fans in this building like all day and in this building specifically is like no cell reception so I'm like willing to bet that like maybe 90% of those people in there did not have a single clue that he had died yet because it had just happened. Like, I don't even think it was like on the Internet yet. And so they're like, we're going to do this 10 bell salute. And Vader's like, I'm going to lead everyone to the ring. So he like le- he like leads the locker room out to the ring. And like the crowd is like sitting there they're like, what the, what the heck's going on? Like everyone's coming out here and like Vader gets in the ring. He's like looks at the crowd and just goes get up and everyone's just like oh shit like they start standing up and stuff and we like they they say over the mic like that they're like doing a 10 bell salute because roddy piper died and like vader's standing here my buddy dominic is standing right next to him and i'm standing next to him and vader just like grabs his hand and goes give me your hand and he's like they're like everyone's like holding hands and i'm literally standing there trying so hard not to laugh I was trying so hard not to laugh because he, he the way he like grabbed him and my my buddy Dom he's Kenny Sutra in, in freelance if everybody knows that but he's like he's not a tall guy he's like a pretty short guy and like standing next to Vader he looked like a little child and I was just like man if Vader just wanted to have his way with him right now like there's nothing he there's nothing anybody could have done to stop that and I was at that point, I was like, man, I am so glad I'm not the guy that has to wrestle Vader tonight because he was like like an emotional wreck because of the passing of Roddy Piper. That's God, that's I just that that thought's going to be in my head forever of like, like this big Vader, not quite understanding how to process his feelings. And he's just (laughs) give me your hand. Yeah. (laughs) Just the way he's so aggressively. I was like, whoa. God. Oh fuck. Oh man, I missed that man. Holy shit. Oh God. Oh. I, I do actually have another Vader story. If you want to hear that. Yes. Yes. All I the Vader stories. Ready to hear I'm Vader. Always down for it. Vader's one of the few wrestlers that like. There was like this stretch where I felt like I was in like the mid two thousands again because it felt like a wrestler was dying, like a well known wrestler was dying every other week. And but Vader was one of the few guys that I actually wore an armband for because like. I always felt like very inspired by him. So like I remember and I remember the match that I did it for, I had the big the BV, BVV on my armband. Uh the guy I was wrestling was an even bigger Vader mark than me. And he was like <laughs> and he was like a legitimate like super heavyweight. So he was like, Hey man, tonight, because we were going under, I was like, I'm gonna hit you with the Vader splash for the finish. And I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> So, like, I just lay there, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is how I go. This is how I go. I'll see you there, Big V. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been happy to show you around, too. Be yeah, like, so that's yeah, how you yeah. went, huh? Good man. Oh. 
Um, God. Yes. Yeah, so yes, your next Vader story. Oh, uh, so this was. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the company Resistance Pro uh, when they were yes. around. It, yes. Billy Corgan's uh, old wrestling company. I actually, um, we almost worked for them. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, we had we had just debuted for Fest. I remember that, and we were getting a little buzz, and they hit us up to work them, and we gave them a rate, and we thought it was a really really reasonable rate for a florida team to go work in chicago i think it was could not have been more than a hundred dollars and uh they said no nah, we couldn't afford us and then they actually went and got another team that we knew and and i know that they went because uh they under like they were willing to like work for a cheaper rate so it was like and they had and i was just like well fuck dude thanks for undercutting me <laughs> yeah that's the nature of the beast sometimes unfortunately yeah. but yeah i'm familiar with that permission but uh yeah so they at, this was probably 2011 2012 maybe mm-hmm. um they brought in they had vader in for a show and he you know he's at this point i was like still pretty young and uh they were like oh like after vader's match they were just like uh vader's hungry can you can you take him to go get food they're like okay so took him to mcdonald's and i've never seen another human order so much food from mcdonald's like for themselves i was like holy shit (laughs) do you know his order can you remember vader's order um it was like like four big macs like 20 20 uh nuggets and like two cokes and like two large fries or some shit like that it was like it was a lot of food i was like bro and like that total cost was probably like maybe 20 bucks (laughs) oh my god i would god i wouldn't i i would feel sick even if i was that hungry i would feel sick eating that much mcdonald's holy shit well um well, working with working with the Van Vader aside, um, um, so I'm so I'm curious then. So kind of like, what what were your goals then when you when you broke out like like when you debuted and started working? Like, kind of, are you any has anything that you've ended up doing kind of been in the realm of what you wanted to do, or have you like have you just like? Because I know for me personally, I had no goals going into wrestling. Like, my goal was I want to have a match and say that I did it. And then everything I've done since then has been gravy. So it's just, like, just extra on top. So, like, I'm just curious, like, what was, what were you, like, looking at? Like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. Or was it just, like, hey, man, I'm just here to have fun? Um, honestly, like, I never really, like, it, like, and not to, not to diminish anybody, like, that has goals like this. But I, I like, I never ever like really had like set goals that were like make it to wwe or do this or do that like it just i w- for me it was always like if, if stuff like that ever happened like that'd be cool and i would appreciate those opportunities but for me honestly like my my only like real goals was just to to wrestle in like other countries just because i i've always wanted to travel the world and what a what a better excuse to travel the world than to be doing wrestling at the same time. And, um, I, I was able to, uh, wrestle, I've wrestled in Canada 
Uh, I wrestled in Wales, uh, in England and in Mexico as well. And it was like, just like, just being able to like travel and experience different cultures and like, you know, see, you know, I was able to see the, uh, like Stonehenge in, in, uh, England. And that was like a super bucket list thing for me. Um, that, and just like, like you said, just having fun, like having fun is like, honestly, the most important thing in wrestling, because if you're not having fun, then what, what the are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? That's right, man. Well, I, I asked that just because like, I, I can tell that like, you're someone who like is passionate about wrestling and you're, you're still trying to like, to wrestle and wrestle as many places as possible. But like, it's rare that you see, I think a lot of people talk about being promoters. A lot of people talk about, I'm going to start my own thing or I'm going to do this and that. And maybe they'll run a couple shows or they'll do one shot and it's fun and we dick around and it's cool. But like, you seem to really hit the ground running and kept your nose down to like make freelance a really successful promotion. So I'm just, to me, that's, to me, that's rare to see uh, someone really commit to being like, no, I'm going to, my promotion is going to be like a top tier successful promotion. So like, I'm curious then what, what brought you to the decision of I'm going to start my own thing. And like, what do you think has contributed to like it being such a success? Um, well, the, the story that I usually tell is it's pretty, pretty simple. I, I, when I started freelance or when freelance started, I should say, um, I was, I had only been wrestling for like four years, but, uh, being a, being a four year vet at that time, I was like, I was like, Oh man, wrestling sucks. Uh, I hate this stuff. Like everyone sucks. Like it's the worst. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not having fun. Uh, the biggest, part, I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I, thought back to when we were kids and or teenagers I should say and when we did backyard wrestling and just the the amount of like camaraderie and just like passion that we had for wrestling at that time like for nothing you know like we weren't getting paid we weren't the we were you know sharing it on like on an internet forum for like our friends but like it wasn't really being seen by many people. We were just doing it because it was something that we loved to do. And I was like, I would love to bring that, like, that feeling to like an independent show. And I was kind of like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna like run run a show, book like you know, book my friends, and just like I'll probably lose my ass, but like it'll be fun, and like we'll just like ride off into the sunset. <laughs> and. That was that was it. That was that was gonna be my my swan song. Um, I even took a like a fucking Rana bump off the apron to the hardwood floor Hell because yeah. I love the beers. Hell and, yeah! <laughs> but it was it's funny because like the the venue that we ran um, it was it was called the Abbey Pub uh, on the north side of Chicago. Uh, for anybody who's ever watched Bar Rescue, it was featured on an episode of Bar Rescue um they it's it just it's a very like small dive like punk bar like a lot of like a lot of punk bands played there um and i was just like this would be a perfect place for a wrestling show like the 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 there was like these low balconies uh any, any like of the the first like year in a year and a half of freelance is was all there and uh 
anybody that's ever wrestled there in that building will tell you that it's like the most intimate wrestling venue like ever i think that at least that i can that i've that i've wrestled in and uh we you know i did all the everything for it you know you know i got the fly i i didn't design the flyer but i got the flyer design i like i went out and i just flyered at every bar neighborhood i could in the in the city of chicago um and just pumped it up as much as i could and we had a pretty decent sized crowd like for our first show like it was maybe a hundred people and for like a small independent show in Chicago that I, I would say that's pretty good. Um, for first show, hell yeah. Cause it's, you're literally nothing at that point. So the fact that a hundred people are like, yeah, I'll show up, you know, that's pretty good. That's so yes. And it's like the most punk rock thing ever for a punk promotion to like run out of this punk dive bar venue. It's just like, I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> The and, more uh, that the venue reminds me of a level of Def Jam Underground or Def Jam Fight for New York, I am more here for it. <laughs> oh, definitely. And like we even like we would start like the shows would start at 10 o'clock and go well into the night. And we would even have like bands play like in between like in, in between like a couple matches. We would have like a band play and um Eventually, we stopped doing that because, like, fans that were coming were just like, hey, like, the bands are cool, but, like, we'd, we'd like to see more wrestling. So we were mm-hmm. just like, all right, give the people what they want. And uh, so we did that first show, and it was pretty good. Like, I, th- I thought it was a pr- pretty decent show. Uh, you could watch that show on IWTV. Use promo code FREELANCE for a free week trial. Um, hey. <laughs> and uh, everybody after the show was like, like, uh when's the next one going to be like wrestlers fans a lot of people were just like buzzing about it and i was like okay well i have no money but <laughs> maybe we could maybe we could figure it out and do another one sometime so uh like the first like year we were running bi-monthly just because i was like i need like a month to like save money to be able to do this mm-hmm. and uh oh, and like recover from this yeah literally that oh god when i saw that on tiger king i was like that is literally me after every show Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh the next show we did like the crowd was like like almost like doubled in size and then i was like okay well let's do another show and then the crowd grew even more and then every show that we did after that they just started growing even more and even more and then we got to the point where we had to turn people away at the door and then uh it just kind of like spiraled from there and then i was like oh god damn it now i gotta keep doing this <laughs> but damn it it's uh, a thing now Fuck. Yeah, now it's a thing <laughs> but i had a now I, I oh sorry go ahead i just I was like now i'm committed Fuck. yeah but uh it, i had thankfully i it was People, people ask me, a lot of people have asked me, other promoters have asked me, they're like, what, like, what is the secret? Like, what was your secret to, to make it like, so like cool? And, and I'm just like, there's no secret. Like it was literally just right place, right time, right venue with the right wrestlers. Like it just, it just happened, you know? And, uh, I, I had I enough people on my team. team. Was it, go ahead. Oh, I was, I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't mean to cut you out there. I was going to add though. Like I've noticed that promotions that approach things with like a punk rock attitude of like we got to promote this at the ground level and really attack 
promotion as opposed to just um, I'm going to make a flyer and then yell at wrestlers for not sharing it on their Facebook. Um, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like there's like a wrestling promotion technique and a music promotion technique. And it's like, shocker, the music promotion technique works way better and more consistently than any of like how wrestlers try to promote their shows. Not that there you shouldn't be sharing things on social media, but it's like the more you can attack things in the real world and like a ground level, like, yeah, no shit. That's how you get walk-ins. That's how you get randos. That's how you get people who like uh, aren't on your Facebook, my brood, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, like I, I definitely, cause I, like, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, you learn as you go. And, um, I had a lot of people on my team that were like, that people that like that were from the music, the music scene. And they were just like, Hey, this is how we do it. And I was just like, cool, let's just do it that way. And, uh, like my, the guy who was shooting the video, like the, the cameras, like, uh, his name's Jack Edinger. He was like, um, uh, he's like a, a really like professional cinematographer. Um, I don't even know if that's actually his job title. I just call him that because it sounds cool. Um, but he, like, he goes on tour with like fallout boy and, uh, Panic at the Disco, Bob Seger, like he he like he's the guy that kind of does all the the camera cuts and, and films like for these live concerts and, and stuff. And he he was like he was shooting at, for those Resistance Pro shows. And I was like, bro, like it'd be sweet if you like you you know you shot with your cameras at our shows. Like I love that aesthetic. Like it's really clean and and like it's like it's a weird combination of clean and grungy at the same time. And, uh, he was just like, yeah, like, he's like, uh, cause I, I was like sweating about having to like see how much it was going to cost. Cause those are expensive cameras. And, uh, he was just like, yeah, he's like, I'll do it for free. If you let me like help book. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and I, it was like a fun, like, it was a fun, uh, uh, dynamic between us because it was like my brain, which is like trained wrestler brain and like and also like wrestling fan growing up um and then this is this other guy jack who who's like more of like a fan perspective and mm -hmm. so like well, when we would book like storylines and stuff he'd be like he'd be like you know what would be sick is if we did it like this and i was like maybe yeah sure let's try that and then it just like kind of worked and I, and so i was like all right let's just keep doing it this way then and then um but yeah, like we just kept growing and growing, and unfortunately, the the venue that we that that original venue uh, burned down, and we had to move on to another one. But uh, the Abbey Pub will forever be in my heart. Uh, yeah, um, it's like, uh, that is the most punk rock shit ever. Burned down, yeah. God, I'm I, so I do. I, <laughs> I do appreciate that having that balance of like someone who is a wrestler and then someone who is a wrestling fan and kind of balancing each other out because i do think there's there's things that wrestlers think are going to draw that we're kind of just stuck in our ways or stuck in a certain bubble of a perspective versus like there are things that fans think they want and it's like well let me show you how if i actually try to implement that why it wouldn't work out <laughs> and yeah. so i it's um I do appreciate having that perspective because I I have noticed like that is a trend on wrestling shows where it's like 
yeah, like <laughs> we all love him, but you know, you can't book Vader for every show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's only going to draw so much versus like this guy or this girl or this person, they have a following and like they're, there's a young following to them, you know? And uh, I would say that's like a big reason, like Effie has been such a, uh, an asset to every promotion he's been booked at is he's just someone who pen he I almost said penetrate there uh, <laughs> he's just someone who um should just fucking as I should I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to it then he's just someone who like penetrates demographics um it's yep. like he, you know he's he's a good wrestler and he's entertaining wrestler so you, wrestling fans like him but also like He's just such a character and he's so charismatic that it's like people who don't watch wrestling are just like, I don't know what any of this is, but I like him. I want to see more of him, you know, and you need that. You need people like that on your cards that aren't just, you know, kick pads and, and, and strong strikes. It's like, I know it's like, that's cool, man. But like, I, I need someone who's going to sell tickets. <laughs> No, absolutely. And and Effie is definitely one of those people that does that. <laughs> yeah. Effie, we love you. Please come on our podcast too. Don't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Uh well I definitely want to talk about the time you uh, stood across uh we stood across from each other, but before we get to that, I'm going to find a certain demon and put him back on this on this show. And I want to know, before we get to that, Matt, for matchups you haven't had, I want to know about if there's any wrestlers that you haven't worked with or maybe you had very limited interaction with, like you only crossed paths in the Battle Royal or you only drove them to McDonald's. Um, are there any, any dream matches? Are there any, any dream matches? Any Wrestle Crush Wednesdays? Before we slide into Wrestle Crush Wednesday, I wanted to tell you guys about a friend of ours that is absolutely crushing it. Farmhand Hauling, based in St. Pete, has been doing some incredible work. If you need some pressure washing, landscaping, lawn mowing, if you need your old garage disaster taken care of or some demo work removed, they do it all. Farmhand Hauling and Property Management absolutely great work they've recently helped jay lethal turn his old gnarly backyard into a beautiful patio with fire pit rocks and landscaping they also helped rios turn his mess into a bless i don't think that that's and nobody says that but i just did so check out farmhand hauling by heading to farmhandhauling.com or searching them on all social media platforms let them know your buddies at demon road diaries sent you Um, that's a good question. I think so. Like my all time, like first, like dream match that I would say to any, anything, uh, it'll, it'll never happen, but I, I would love a chance to wrestle Terry Funk. <laughs> I think that would be, I think the, that's that more doable the... than you think. <laughs> I think that... I would love a chance to wrestle Terry Funk. And I think each and every one of us has a solid, has like just as solid a chance as the other. 
I mean, it, it's not going to be a Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, Matt classic, but um, you know, I think with the right payday, you could get the Funkster to show up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I just feel like, dude, just show up, punch me in the mouth a couple times, and then just hit me with a trash can, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> that's like that's that's my. I also like. I would love to since I like. As I've grown as a wrestler, I've sort of started to train more to do more, uh, more uh, I should say more more of a comedy style, and I would love to like to be able to wrestle uh, like Kikutaro one on one. I can't even remember if like we've ever like been in the same match. I think we might have, but one on one definitely. I would love to wrestle like Super Porky. Uh, he's like a, he a dream around? match of mine. Is he still around? I think he. I think he's still alive, barely, but <laughs> he's still. Alive. I mean, we all saw. We actually. all saw him on Velocity. It looked like it was sketchy at best. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty. I think he's still alive. Um, and I would love to wrestle. Like I've I've wrestled Swoggle in a tag match, and we we did some fun stuff together. And he's God, like. He's like one of the smartest people I've ever like, like put a match together with. Like he oh just like he is. knows, he just knows he just knows how to like how, he he knows how to put his stuff in, and then like make it all make sense together. Like it it was just really fun to work with him, and I would love a chance to do a one on one with him as well. He's got such a great wrestling mind. Like I was on, I was on a show with him last year and he, my match was after his and he had worked a full match, then sat there and waited and watched my whole match. He didn't even like go back and change or anything. And then um, stayed to like, give me his feedback and stuff and just listening to his process. And it, he explains he explains his process behind every critique he has, which makes it feel even more valid and makes more sense in your head. It's just like, it's so great. He oh, definitely. Know. He's also super nice. He I is. Met, the coolest. Yeah. I met him in New York and I remember I was like standing there being like, really, is this happening right now? Like, cause he had called an Uber. We were standing behind the venue that the spring break happened at. And an Uber pulls up for him and there's all these wrestlers standing around and Swaggle's got like two huge suitcases. Cause I'm sure there's like his gear and like all his merch and shit and no one's helping him. He's like, like trying to get these cases off the curb and over to the car. And I'm like, really? Am I, is it, is it going to be me? Do I have to say something? <laughs> and I was like, Hey man, do you need some help with that? And he's like, um, yeah, I mean, if you want, like, so, like, just, like, not even trying to ask for my help. And I'm just like, no, man, I got you. And I just grabbed the cases, bring them to the car. And I'm like, all right, man, you have a good night. And he's like, thanks, man. And, like, you could tell, it, like, it, like, bothered him that nobody was <laughs> And I was just like, y'all motherfuckers are real, real fucking assholes. <laughs> y'all standing over here fucking drinking, trying to, like, talk about the girls you're going to try to have sex with. And you can't help fucking swoggle. <laughs> yeah, help brother out. I like that you yeah. mentioned uh, the venue that Spring Break was at, and not the venue, and not the venue of the show that must not be named. I just I want to say that I noticed what you did there, and I liked it. <laughs> oh boy! But I'm still gonna draw attention. Bat, to did it. you go to Blackcraft Wrestling? Because I'm convinced everyone went to Blackcraft Wrestling. <laughs> okay, so 
I God, everybody has a black craft story. No, so so I didn't go to Black Craft, but um, I sure? went to I went to another show that was happening at the same time that was just like the most bizarre thing I've ever been at. Like more more because I heard all the stories of how the Black Craft show went, and I was just like, oh, okay. So we went to we were with uh, with uh, Logan Black, and he uh, he took us to this this show. I don't even know who the fuck was running it. Uh, I think it was run by uh, oh gosh, I can't even, I don't even know what his indie name is. His name is Ness. Uh, he, I knew him from when we did like backyard wrestling. He wrestled as FX back then, and we, uh, he was like doing a show at this venue that like I wrestled there before for like pro wrestling magic, and we we show up there and there's just like there's no chairs, <laughs> like there's just like the ring and just open room, and there's maybe six people there like fans and then the rest of them are just like other wrestlers and like friends and girlfriends and stuff like that and 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 a very drunk uh former WB diva who I, I will not name but uh you probably guess who but <laughs> but <laughs> uh diva so that narrows it down <laughs> so we we go there because I was just like I'm like whatever like I'm Never been like to New York in that area, so I'm like, all right, let's do this shit. What so we go. I don't remember that it, it didn't really have a name. It wasn't like an actual company. There was oh. just some like they were just trying to to do a show to kind of like uh, piggyback off of like Mania Weekend and like, but it was like far from like everything. Not far, but like like thirty minutes away from everything else. Far enough. And yeah, yeah and it was just like it was just so silly because like. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to say like, oh, like these dudes were like just going so hard for like no reason, but it was just like, it was awesome to see them going so hard for no reason. I was just (laughs) like, I was in my element, just like, I was just pounding beers and just like, we're just like, yeah, kill them. Like (laughs) we were, we were doing like giving them heat, like just kind of like being the crowd, like our our small group. Cause like. We all know how much it sucks to wrestle in front of a crowd that's not making any noise. So I'm just like, fuck it, man. Like, let's just have a good time. Like, let's let's give them something to work with. And I do, the only thing I remember, because we didn't stay for the whole show, but I, I wanted to stay because the, the Ugly Ducklings were there. And I was like, I'm going to stay and watch your guys' match, and then, then we're going to fucking leave. But uh, they went out there and just, like, those guys go fucking hard no matter what. And just, like, watching those guys go, and I'm just like, we're just like, Yeah! And uh, all I remember was, like, somebody somebody got put inside of a garbage can and just, like, like a rolly garbage can. And they just, like, rolled them so fast into the wall. I was just, like, someone's going to die in this match. <laughs> it was crazy. But, yeah, that was that's what I did instead of going to Blackcraft, which I guess is probably better than being at the Blackcraft show. I mean... I honestly don't know. I, I swear, one day we're going to make a documentary that's just, like taking everybody's black craft story and then just like trying to construct the night out of it. I mean, I had fun because I didn't pay to get in and I, I love watching um, people trying really hard. Like I love people failing at try hard wrestling. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like, like the like everything about the show, I'm all about. Like, I love big storylines. I love gothic presentation. Like, I loved how much effort was being put into like the drama of the show. They fucking crucified a dude live on they, stage. They Hell yeah, yeah. Actual person. And like Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, uh, fucking Matthew Justice, like. Like fucking like was supposed to be his big dramatic night where he's champion and everything like that, and he's got these cult leaders he's fought, fighting, and it's like I'm here for all of this, but it's like it was just it was like watching a Tim and Eric bit. It was just how <laughs> badly everything was falling apart, and like how like they just just like 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 there's things that like I, I kept telling people like you could have fixed this. There was like there was a lot of hurdles they were facing. But there's things you could have fixed just by things I think you would have known to do, Matt, as a season promoter of like, I'm going to cut this match and I'm going to move this guy here. And this his time's getting cut and this guy's going here because there's just there's just all these these things they decided to do that. I was like, well, that's that's not right. That that's why (laughs) you're fucked right now. (laughs) God, I wonder if there's like like. I want like the show on DVD. I want a Blu-ray of this show with, I want, with I want, director's like, a, commentary. Four K like director's cut with commentary, and I want to intersperse it with interviews with like different wrestlers <laughs> that were in the match. Speaking I, of things that got just like absolutely incredibly fucked up beyond all reason and all recognition, uh, we have a segment on this show. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, before we get to that, I, I want to, because we like to end with, kind of towards the end with the rowdy rowdy bada bada. I want to talk about where we met you, which was at <laughs> Fest We Are Family. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we have to stand Fest again? Do we have to have the 25 <laughs> minutes into the podcast where we, where we stand Fest? They haven't booked me, man. <laughs> hey, I only get booked once a year. Yeah. No. Drunk. Well, so I um I wanted to talk about that because uh, I remember my first 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 interaction with you was so we get the card the night before like I'm out with like Billy Brash and a bunch of other the like the tag teams and we're just all like hey they fucking they sent the card out like we know what we're doing tomorrow and I'm like oh finally thank God and I look at it and it says that we're opening the tag gauntlet against four star heroes and I'm like okay who was four star heroes and they're like, Oh, that's Matt Nix and Castro. And I was like, cool. And I was like, they're from freelance. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm bad at like Northeast wrestling. And they're just like, Oh, they're from freelance. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That'd be fun. And then we see you the next day and me being a fucking jabron, not knowing you were the promoter of freelance wrestling. <laughs> I walked up to you and was like, Hey man, I'm sure you get this a lot, but I'm just curious. How do I get booked on freelance? <laughs> and your exact response. Your exact response was great. You just went, um, you can email me. <laughs> God. Like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I usually so usually I, when people, especially if it's somebody I don't know and that they ask me that, I usually go, uh, you can email this email. But I gotta warn you, the guy is kind of a dick. Like, <laughs> like just like, I just bury bury myself, and then just be like, oh, actually, you know, it it is actually me. But um, 
But I mean, aside from that, it was a pleasant, uh, very pleasant interaction working with you guys. That's to this day one of my. It was only five minutes, but it was one of my favorite matches we've had as a team. Just because, what? Oh, I was just saying. I remember it just being like very like easy to plan, and just like everything that we did on either side, like was just very smooth and like like butter. Yeah. Oh, definitely smooth like butter. That was well. That was like a really important match for me because like we had um you know we, we we had had some rocky times at fast wrestling and i felt like we had we we had this chance now to show everybody okay you know we're we've evolved we've grown we're we're, we're not a shit tag team we've got new gear we got this and we can do this and and it was just yeah it was so much fun and my favorite part about the whole thing was i remember we i had told this story last week where i there's 13 teams in this tag gauntlet Oh, it's yeah. almost guaranteed to go over. Like, there's no way this isn't going over time. And I, we laid out the match with you guys, and you you said something to me that I was like, yeah, I feel you. Which he goes, is that it? Is that is that all you guys want to do? Like, you were expecting us to, like, at least from what it felt like to me, you're expecting us to be like, no, nah, then we'll do this and this and this. Because we were going under, so it was like, this is our only match, so we're probably going to want to pump a bunch of stuff in. And it's like, no, nah, man, like, I got... I got my gimmick shit in. I got my three cool moves in. I'm good. You know, <laughs> like, and I was like, my goal with this match is to, to not go over time. Like I want him to come back and count our match and be like four minutes and 45 seconds. That was my goal. They can't say I'm the reason this match went over. And I remember you hugged me. You were, <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, I, I thank you for thinking that way. And sure as shit, when we came back, from, that was the thing everybody talked about as soon as the show was over. The tag match, the tag gauntlet went on time. We did it. We did it all in an hour. I, I, think that, I think the tag gauntlet actually went like six minutes under or something oh. like that. Like it was insane. Like, because I remember them being like, I think we had 115 or something. And yeah. uh, someone comes back and they're like, yo, that was like 108. And I was like, oh, fuck, we went over by eight minutes. And they're like, no, 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 you guys had 115. Like, we went under by seven minutes. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh. How does that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Especially, like, because there's so many teams in there that, like, ignore time. And they're just like, I need to do my art. And then you're like, yeah, I feel that. But also, like. We all have to do our part here. It's not like it is our art, you know, but like it's like a fucking mural and everyone's got a square they got to fill out. Like you can't just go around all whimsical painting like a fucking, you know, like a blind Picasso over here trying to fucking (laughs) take up the whole goddamn thing. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. But somehow seven minutes under, which is like, you know, pretty fucking fantastic if you ask me. Yeah, no, that's, it's always, like, it's hard, like, because I, it, I'm, I'm, like, I'm always, like, the exact opposite, like, whenever I'm, like, in a match, like, I'm, I'm, like, I have my, like, three things that I do, and, like, that's pretty much it, and I just, I personally like bumping for people, uh, or at least selling for people, um, and I feel like I get more out of, like, my character that way, but, uh, it's it's it is hard sometimes when you're when you're planning a match with somebody that's just like okay and then I do this and then I do this and then 
and then then nothing's worse and it's like okay and then i do this move but you have to like position yourself this way and like be like like you know what i mean like people that are just like so basically you have to be in a certain way for me to 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 do this with you and uh, it just gets frustrating sometimes but no like you guys were were awesome and so easy to work with and honestly i'd love to work with you guys again oh yeah thanks man yeah, I mean, there was there was mild plans for us to get up there before you know the Fire Nation invaded. Yeah, because <laughs> we were we were in talks with uh, an Indiana promotion, uh, which I'm not going to name because of people that did things. Um, but but we were in talks with an Indiana promotion. And their kind of their deal was like, oh yeah, man, when you know, if we bring you up, we can we can kind of try to loop you um up through freelance and up through like iwa mid-south and like a couple other places so it was like there was there was things were in the percolator for that and then uh and then didn't happen but yeah man i mean i i mean you know the checks in the mail thanks for putting us over um (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh i always happy to work you but chelsea you want to hit you want to hit you want to do the thing you want to do the thing speaking of things that went terribly wrong. Not <laughs> completely broke down at all junctions. Ruined your fucking life. Okay, maybe not life ruining, not that rowdy. But we have a segment here on Demon Road Diaries where things got a little crazy, a little out of the box, spun off the rails a little bit. Things that were a little rowdy, rowdy. K-O-N-N-A-N-Conan. But at the end of the day, now looking back with a calmer head, you think that wasn't so bad. I didn't hate that as much as I thought. I am bout it, bout it. Anthony Fox, man! So Matt- in your career, have you been rowdy, rowdy, bout it, bout it? You gotta do Ooh. the. You gotta do the thing, though. You gotta do the. This is the oh. rowdy, rowdy, bouty, bouty segment of the week. <laughs> Wait, I gotta do that. Yeah. I'm not no. gonna I do it. That one, so I can cut the third piece in. Where hey. my dogs at? Where my dogs at? <laughs> it is the rowdy, rowdy, bout it, bout it segment of the week. Burr, burr, burr. Live at the place to be. Mexico City! Mexico City! Hell Someday. yeah. Go to four real sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> when we're a real podcast. Oh, man. Um, okay, this is like, this is a tough one. Because uh, I feel like that could just be like any day for me where I'm just like, oh, I got to like go to this, do this show, I got to do this match. Oh. And then afterwards, I'm like, ah, that wasn't so bad. Um, that's why that makes me was there anything that happened that you're like, actually, I'm glad that happened. Like, like looking back, you wouldn't change it. Hmm. Um, I guess like the first thing that comes to mind is being at spring break last year and like being in the clusterfuck and just being like, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be awesome. And then like, the only the 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 one spot that I had is they were just like uh, I don't know if you saw like the the clip of that guy who who's from Canada last like it was like last year or whatever he did like 
this really pretty like Spanish fly off the top rope to the outside through like this like table. And it was like, it was sweet. Like he got so much air and it was crazy. So they, they booked that guy to do that exact spot at spring break. Okay. And so when they're putting, they were, when uh, Ethan page is, is putting the match together in the back, uh, which Holy hell, like I would never want that job ever. Um, but he's yeah, like, we were, we were backstage when y'all were trying to do that. And it, it was literally like, I, I, I felt like he felt like he was a kindergarten teacher yeah. just trying to round up all these fucking toddlers in their Halloween costumes. Like, guys, come on. If you don't get, we can't go trick or treat. We can't go to the Halloween party. If y'all don't start getting an order, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it just like things, things just as it. Oh, so he's like, uh, Hey, so we need someone to take that Spanish fly bump. Uh, do you want to do it? And I was just like, in my head, I was like, well, there's a million people in this match. I probably should do something to stand out. And I'm just like, sure, I'll do it. I don't care. And, uh, so we're, I'm talking to this guy and he's like, we're, we're planning it up. And he's like, he's like, uh, he he seemed kind of nervous. Like he was just like, ah, like, I, like, I don't know. Like they want me to do this, this move. And he's like, I don't know if I want, like, if I can do it. And I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, if, at the very least, like, if it gets, like, weird out there, then just, like, suplex me off the top rope to the floor, I guess. Like, well, they had, like, they had, they had uh, like, doors, like, laid across uh, some chairs down there. So something to break the fall, at least. And, um, but, like, as we're waiting to go out there, it's, like, just stuff's going. Like, as, as we are talking earlier, most things always go over time. So this match was, like, already going over time. And, there's people people coming through the curtain that are just holding their faces, like just bleeding and shit. And somebody comes back and they're just like, man, stay the fuck away from Necro, man. He's just like punching people. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. This is this is great. So like I go out there and like the only the only so right before I go out to the curtain, uh, uh, Ethan Page is like, so we're like super over time. He's like, you pretty much have to go straight to that spot. And I'm like okay like that what makes no sense but okay i'll do i'll do what i have to do you know so like i go out there and like i had i had one spot prior to that where i i get bipped off by uh the fake sting and uh super nice guy by the way and he so he fucks me off and i like start i just i take the bump and just start crawling over to the to the corner where i need to go up and i just start climbing the climbing the top row for no reason and uh, and I saw a Necro coming over by like around our area, so I'm like hanging out of the ring like this, like trying to stay away from him. And he's just like swinging at people, and I'm like Jesus. So I just like I just start climbing up to the top, and he goes up with me, the other guy, and we're we're just standing on the top rope, perched together, like holding each other like this. And uh, like for me, I'm like this is gonna be super easy because all I'm doing is just a front flip, and like landing, like. It's not really that high. Like, I was like, I'm sure it's going to hurt, but, like, this is not going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. So we're standing up there, and I've got him like this, and he's, like, trying to come step up with me. And I'm like, all right, you ready? And he's just like, uh, no. And then he goes to step up with his other foot, and he slips. So when he, we go, I basically tumble over and, like, barely miss clipping the apron. Like, my, my shoulder hit. I thought my head did because if you like, there, I have like f- six different angles of this bump that when it happened, 
Um, it's like the Zapruder film. It's like back to the left. To the left. Back to the left. <laughs> that was basically what it was. Because I landed and I, I immediately grabbed my head because I thought I hit my head. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. And uh, and we like we just kind of tumble and fall through the through the thing. Um, I'll send you the clip if you want to see it. It's hilarious. I, I definitely want that. I and was so interested in the clip. All I remember is like, I land, so I landed, I hit the floor and like my, my heel hit the ground really hard. So like my, my foot was kind of sore, but I'm like laying there and I'm just like, oh, I'm fine. That was cool. And then I'm just like kind of selling. Cause I had to, they're like, take, I basically take the bump and then I leave. So I'm just kind of like selling and trying to like slowly crawl out of the way. And I'm just sitting there and I look up and I just see Chris Dickinson with half of the piece of the door just like standing there and then just raising it up. And I'm just like, Oh Jesus. And he, and I just give him my back and he hit me with it. And I swear that was probably one of the most painful things ever in my life because it felt like, you know, when somebody slaps you in the back really hard, it was like that, but the entire area of my back at the same time, I was just like, Oh, oh. now I'm in pain. Plus it's Chris Dickinson. So it's like it's 10 extra. times harder than anything you've ever felt. In your life. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris Dickinson has that vibe where it seems like he sneezes on you and it's like the most painful thing you've ever felt. Like he could whisper at you and it'd be like, oh, fuck my jaw. You know that like superhuman old, that superhuman strength that like really old men can get for like 10 seconds when they're really mad at you? He just has that all the time. Forever. (laughs) He's forever, forever strong. Um, that's awesome, man. Like, I, so like when you got to the back, like, did they say anything to you? Like about how it went down? Like clearly it didn't go the way it was intended. Uh, it was just, people were just like, yeah, you, you good? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right. (laughs) That was pretty much it. They were just like, are you, are you, are you hurt? Nope. Okay, cool. And, uh, I was kind of like, it was weird. Cause like after that, I was just like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go now and uh but like it's one of those things that i'm like it was like it was like a dumb dumb bump that i probably didn't need to take but Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day i got a really funny story out of it so that's 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 where we're we'll end that (laughs) did you die i didn't die you die (laughs) i did not people that that's the moral of the story is he did not die why, why was necro butcher just wiling out on everybody i've never known that to be a necro butcher trait to like just wile out on people uh i from what i understand he just he was like i don't want to lose and he just like went into business for himself or something like that he was shooting up so it wasn't like i'm frustrated i don't know what's going on he just started shooting on people i'm not sure i like I just, I, I think that was just kind of like what people were saying when they were coming back. Like they were just like, I don't know. I mean, that, from what I understand, like that's just Necro being Necro, not necessarily shooting. He just kind of does what he wants. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is like, I've been in situations, especially in like any kind of battle royal type setup where you're in the ring with like an older guy who doesn't quite remember the plan. And it's like, he just gets frustrated and says, fuck your plan and just kind of starts doing what he wants. But, like, from the way you described it, it sounded like, no, he was, like, king of the mountain, like, trying to be like, no, you want to fucking beat me? Fucking beat me. (laughs) 
pretty sure Dickinson was like, I'm going to fuck him up when I go out there. And then <laughs> they just like fought for real. Like it's the rock Austin spot, but real. For <laughs> <The> real. <laughs> and you just see, like, you can't actually see anybody's faces in, anymore. It's just blood. Yeah. Is that, is that okay? This is gonna be a really nerdy random question, but um, is that is that's a colloquialism down here? Is that also up there where like you're calling a match and you're like, uh, we'll rock Austin in the center of the ring? Is that is that a thing you guys say? Um, no, I don't, I've never heard it. I've, I've never heard it. I mean, I know when you say rock Austin, I know what you mean, but I don't know if I've ever heard somebody call that, maybe yeah. just like. I've heard like slugfest, like come in slugfest. Really? If, you, if you heard somebody say that, would you like? It's like all right, and then we'll rock Austin, like for for like a minute back and forth. Like, would you that you would understand that? Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, I, I always wonder I about that. Like to, I would also like to mention that he said, uh, "Fuck me off the apron," um, at one Is point. That... So that's a universal fucking thing. It's oh, very yeah. much so. I, I was going to say something about that, actually. Because um, yeah. apparently, like, I don't know what school it is. There's some school in Tampa that doesn't tell people about fucking off. So when you tell someone, like, that doesn't know, you're like, I'll just fuck you off. They're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, are you literally going to fuck me? And I'm like, well, first <laughs> off, you're not my type. But fuck it, why not? <laughs> like, because um, Kaden was helping me do my goddamn best trying to call a tag match that I was thrown into between me and a pretty green girl versus two girls who this was like their third match ever. And um, I had had car trouble and was a little bit late. Uh, so we didn't have a ton of, and they also said that we were later in the card than we ended up being. Mm. Uh, we were, we were second and we were originally, they told me I was, we were going to be like fourth or fifth. So we're second and I've got like half an hour to try and make this shit make sense. And then I see Caden coming down the hallway and I'm like, get over here. <laughs> and so he's saying like very simple concepts like yeah you know during the heat you know like chelsea will fuck you off the apron um and and they're like what <laughs> like like i'll come and so i changed it and i was like yeah i'll come bip you off the apron uh when i get tagged in and they were like what what and um that's the long short restart of how i got kicked in the throat um, oh yeah! Lost my voice for three weeks. Yeah, and a paralyzed vocal cord. I feel like it's so funny though when you're trying to explain "fuck off" to someone and they're not getting it, and you're like, "I'll bip you, boop you." Yeah, what? like the weird <laughs> words that we use. I will walk you? over to you and punch you. Please fall down. <laughs> I, it's like I remember that's one. Simplest oh, sorry, I can. Make. No, it's okay. <laughs> I remember one time I was trying to, like, we were talking, I don't remember how this came up, but, like, uh, just, like, hanging out at my parents' house and just, like, we were, like, sitting out in the backyard just drinking, and they were, they were asking me questions about wrestling, and they were just, like, is, the, like, 
they were asking about like wrestling lingo and stuff. And I was just they were And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, you want to you want to know how we usually will like call a match together? And they're my mom's like, yeah, sure. And I'm just like, all right, uh, you come in, uh, bip, 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 uh, shoot you off. Fuck me off the apron. Uh, this uh, shit can fuck me this way. Like, just like that. She's just like, what? Like, it does like, and I'm like, I know, like, it's doesn't make any sense, but it does. Like, <laughs> I actually, one time I got um, my best friend, um, Roxy Rouge, on the phone, and I was like, I need to make a point to my parents. So we called like a five minute match over the phone, and my dad was like taking notes. And he and I and I said, okay, so that's how we call like a really simple like five minute match. And he's like, all right, I have questions on a lot of the words you said. Oh yeah, I I think I might have said like, uh, like oh like like a lot of times we'll start a match with like babyface goes up, heels come in, and Pearl Harbor, and they're just like, what Pearl Harbor? And I'm like, yep, it's exactly what you think it is. It's like, why are you? Why are you telling her to fuck off? I don't understand. What she can who? Like what what is what does heat 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 mean? <laughs> yeah. my, absolute, my absolute favorite is whenever there's like a big multi-man match, so like four-way tag team or like scramble or something, and inevitably you go into like the big waterfall spots where it's just like fucking some dude comes in with a house of fire and hits all of his shit on some on everyone. And it's like, I love that spot where they're going over in the back and he walks around to everyone, even though the, the sequence would be much more complicated than this. It's all forearms right now. And he just goes, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You come in, fuck you. <laughs> he comes up, fuck yeah, you again. Duck my line, roll under, go up to the top, jump up, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. The hand motions. Yeah, those look at this. The look at the swirly wiggles hands. Like my yeah, my favorite thing to do is just to like stand across the room and watch somebody call a match to themselves. Like, and they're just like, and you try to like, and you try to like guess in your head what what they're doing. I try to do that when I see people calling it to themselves after they've finished calling it because I know I look like I have like multiple personalities or something when I'm calling the match to myself and I'm like flailing my arms wildly um so i like to sometimes like um a month or two ago i was on a show and i just had a run-in after some match so i didn't have to call shit so i was just watching like other people call their shit and then as as they dispersed i played a game with myself where i tried to guess as much of their match as possible and then watched the show to see if i was right i want to uh I want to start videotaping my friends while they're calling matches, but then uh, do it on TikTok and put music behind it. So it's like <laughs> TikTok trend. You know, like, like, like the one with... Uh, that means you're going to get a bunch of like TikTok girls going around and like this is going to be the new dance move. It's just going to be like... Uh, uh, just like <laughs> slapping their left thigh and throwing a right forearm. Just like... Uh, uh. <laughs> That's the plan. Oh yeah, put that to, put that over with that WAP song. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a I think we have a new trend, guys. If you're on TikTok and you're not calling matches to WAP, then uh, you're six Waffle steps. Mania. 
Wapamania is running wild, brother. I'm pretty sure Faye Jackson's doing that, so I don't think we can. Sorry, I'm a child of the Lord. Does WAP stand for waffles and pancakes? It definitely does. Come on down to WAP. It uh, it actually stands for work a pulled, brother. Because in in this wrestling match, man, you've got to work a pulled. (laughs) Work a pulled. The new Vince Russo podcast. <laughs> yeah. What's a, uh, what's a, what's a, I can't even think of a hold that starts with a P and now I'm upset. <laughs> I don't know. Parm. Uh, Parm. Parmesan cheese. I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of like, like Andy Kaufman. And I was like, wins Andy's pile driver. That was the only one I could come up with. <laughs> Yeah, brother, work a Pepsi plunge. That's what I'm work talking about. Work a Pepsi plunge. <laughs> how, do you, how do you work a Pepsi plunge? Yeah, I'll just, show you. Watch me. Fucking <laughs> watch me. Um, <laughs> fuck. All right. Well, I think we're getting close to the end here. Um, Matt. Rio, time is what? irrelevant. Time is irrelevant. Um, it's a construct. Anyway, um, Matt, I thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, but before we let you go, I kind of am curious. Um, what are, well, first of all, I mean, first things first, I don't want to get too dreary, but like, were there um, things you had planned for the mania that never happened? And if so, are any of those things possibly coming back to light now that we, they recently announced that uh, they're doing the collective in Indiana? Um, well, my plan for WrestleMania this year was to stay home. <laughs> oh, you weren't going to do anything? No, I was, so I had like every year since like, I think, what is, I went, uh, I was down, I went down for 30 in New Orleans and then I skipped the next year cause it was in California. And then, but every year since then I, I, I was always going uh, we we'd always have like uh, a freelance table slash pro wrestling tees table at the at WrestleCon, and then like the last two years, I was able to like weasel my way onto some shows. But like um, this year, I was kind of just like, ah, I don't think I'm gonna go. <laughs> but uh, well, jokes on everybody else, nobody went this year. Ah. <laughs> Well, in 2021, with Tampa Mania 2 Electric Boogaloo, you've got friends in Tampa. Yeah, a- I like I mean, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's pretty cool. I mean, not always, but sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, uh, so, okay, then. So then I'm curious, and what are, what are some of your, as we come into the, uh, the later end of this uh, horrid fucking year, uh, what are some of your plans, if any, aspirations, goals, hopes, dreams for the world of professional wrestling and specifically what, you, uh, what you're working on? Um, well, as you mentioned, we are doing a show at The Collective uh, that just got announced October. Our, sh- our show is going to be October 10th um, at t- 11.59 p.m. On, on that Saturday. We are... We are the show following Joey Janela's spring break. So we are essentially so the, you've got the opening band. Spot. <laughs> we're, the, we're the opening band following Metallica. Um, That's but fine. It, 
but it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of like have like our, our guy, a lot of our guys from the Chicago area that don't necessarily get a lot of love that I know are, are good guys that, you know, give them an opportunity to, to be featured on a grander platform, uh, with the, with the collective. And it'll be nice to kind of see everybody. And, you know, even though, you know, we are, you know, doing shows during a pandemic and it is risky, but, you know, Game Changer and everybody involved are taking the absolute most proper precautions that we possibly can to make sure that it's a safe environment for all the fans, wrestlers, and just anybody that's going to be around. So hopefully a lot of people show up, but not too many, because I think the building only is allowed like 25% capacity. So yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. No, I mean, I think, I think you guys capacity, brother. That was like the meme that was going around when like Florida was kind of reopening. They were like venues are allowed to operate at like 15% or 20% capacity. And like everyone was like, good news for the Indies. You're going to be fine. It's like pretty much Ronin and Fest can't run. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, NGWA. What? NGWA. NGWA. No, no hate on Gangrel. Hey, you know, Tampa Bay Pro NGWA. was doing pretty good. We, we Don't had... forget Vampire Dad. I love Gangrel, dude. He's he's <laughs> the man. <laughs> do you, wait, 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 do you have any Gangrel stories? I need to know if you got a Gangrel story. Oh God. Um, I because Chelsea, Chelsea here was trained by Gangrel. I don't. I have. I I know. I've been on shows with him, and I don't, I don't have a specific story other than the fact that watching him wrestle like reinvigorates my soul every time because he that guy works so goddamn hard and he doesn't have to. He mm -hmm. does. Like I I, I want to say like maybe in January I was like, Dad, you're like a hundred. When <laughs> like like. Uh, just, I don't I, uh, know, man. He uses a lot of biofreeze. I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I've told this story before, but I want to tell it again. When we were at Blackcraft, which, by the way, I will laugh really fucking hard and love it if some promotion gets on the collective and just promotes a totally normal show, and then as soon as the bell rings, psych bitches, it's Blackcraft. We're back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh. I was at the Blackcraft show in Mania, and um, I didn't know what the card was at all. All I knew was was that... I don't think they did either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just making it up as, as they went along. Brother, I could tell you stories. Um, but, <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know who's wrestling, and um, I see Matthew Justice come out, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then I hear the fucking, you know, the... <sighs> and I'm like, and I'm just like, Oh, someone's a fucking gangrel, Mark. And, what? Yeah, and I just start hearing the bouncing and the red lights. I'm like, who the what fucking Mark is coming out to gangrel's music? And then I look, and it's fucking gangrel. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know this is what we were doing. And then I'm like, I don't know what to expect from a gangrel match in 2019. This motherfucker wrestled for 25 minutes. And fucking him and Justice went out there and fucking tore it up like it was 1989, and they were savage in Steamboat. <laughs> there was a Hell yeah. 
if you ever want to have like, a really good time, um, watch one of the live streams of uh, the student shows and watch him work one of his students. And so you've got 50-year-old, 342-year-old um, vampire Gangrel working like a 24-year-old shredded, like best shape of his life, like fucking kid. And he's like... <laughs> dying and Gangrel's like there's a lot more in the tank you motherfucker <laughs> hell he yeah the ringer on purpose and it's great that um that Matt Justice um Gangrel match from uh the show that shall not be named at uh, one point Gangrel took a back body drop on the floor into like a bunch of fucking wide open chairs and I was like, that motherfucker's 300. I wouldn't do that now. And I'm like a third of that. <laughs> Hell yeah. I told you, he gives you life, man. So much life. Something, um, something. I'm dead. Lifeblood. Something. Something, something. All right, Matt. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I want you to promote whatever you got, whatever your socials, whatever you want to freelance yourself, pro wrestling tees, whatever you want to promote. Uh, um, well, thank you. First off, say thank you for having me. I appreciate, uh, you know, people wanting to talk to me. I just, I feel like I'm kind of just like a, a background character sometimes, which is not a bad thing. Um, but as far as promotion, I mean, like I said, we have our, our show coming up with the collective, uh, you can get tickets. They'll be available whenever they go on sale. I, I'm not sure yet. We're not allowed to say, but, uh, Check out FreelanceWrestling.com for, for your tickets. Um, or order on Fight and stay home and stay safe. That's that's also an option, and it's a good one, too. Uh, you can follow me on pretty much every social media at TheMattNix, T-H-E-M-A-T-T-K-N-I-C-K-S. Um, I have a pro wrestling tea store uh, where all of my merchandise – uh, all the proceeds that I that I make from that, uh, I donate to a different charity every month. Uh, so if you guys want to help out and help other people, uh, or if, like when I post the stuff, I you know I post the link of the the, the store, but also I have a do, uh, the actual direct donation link as well. So if you don't want to buy a shirt, I totally understand, but please, if you can support these because they're, they're you know they're helping people that need help. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just check check out my social media, Twitter or whatever. You'll you'll see it up there. Uh, but other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to share. Uh, check out Freelance on IWTV. Uh, promo code Freelance. We have a lot of shows up there. <laughs> a lot of good is, shows too. Is uh, Freelance Academy taking any students? Uh, we are slowly reopening uh, to to accept new students. Um, if you are an aspiring young wrestler that would like to train at the school, uh, just shoot an email over to freelance wrestling at gmail.com. And, uh, it'll probably be me that will be talking to you. <laughs> I heard he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get, uh, gone from that point, um, I have a friend in Chicago named Jen, who's a tattoo artist. And she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting wrestling school. And I was like, let me tell you about my friend Matt and freelance wrestling. Uh-uh. She goes, she's like, oh, you know what? 
Um, who is it? Oh God, who's that deathmatch guy who got real hurt a couple months back? Um, Marcus. No, Marcus uh, Crane. Marcus Crane, yes. Um, she goes, uh, I'm friends with Marcus Crane, and that's where he told me to go. And I'm like, well, there you go. Oh, right Great. on. So, uh, yeah, so she'll probably be up in there whenever you guys get flowing again, I guess. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, tell her to tell her to drop me a line. I will do that. Or, or drop freelance a line, I should say. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to jump into our socials while we're here. You can find Demon Road Diary on almost all podcast streaming services, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts or listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Take a screenshot and send it to us via some fucking social media and uh, maybe we'll send you some bracelets or, like, a sticker or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. Just do it. Um, this week, we got one from TJ Rutherford of uh, Largo, Florida. Also uh, owner of um, Farmhand Hauling. So, TJ, jump in my DMs and I'll send you some stickers and some bracelets. Um, but you can find us on social media by simply searching Demon Road Diaries. You can find the Coda at We Are The Coda on Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, Pro Wrestling Tees, and the Twitter machine. You can find me personally at Music City KG on Instagram and Twitter, or DJ Katie on the TikTok. And you can find me, Ronnie Rios, at Bastard Son Rios on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you aren't already following Matt Nix on Twitter, I highly recommend it. It's fun. Uh. You can find me on Instagram at Durden Says, on Twitter at The Durden Says, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Chelsea Durden if you're interested in helping me put my cats through college. Uh, master's, master's degrees are expensive. Uh, as always, please leave my mother alone on Instagram. She's a very kind woman, and um, your comments hurt her. They really do. I told her to stop following me on Instagram, and she refuses because she's fucking supportive. And my friends, from all of us here at Demon Road Diaries and Matt Nix, as always, stay safe and stay jacked. This week's After the Podcast Jam is Rolling Child, My Money Grows on Trees.